Amen. Good morning. It's so good this morning to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is good? All the time? Hosanna? All right. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you because we can celebrate your kingdom today. We celebrate that you are our Lord and King. And even as the, the early day disciples welcome your son Jesus into Jerusalem by waving their palm branches, we do the same thing today. We worship from our heart and from our spirit in truth and in deed. So Father, we pray that our worship would be pleasing in your sight today. We ask as we look into your word this morning that you would soften our hearts and open our hearts and help us to have a better understanding, Lord, of who you are and what you want for each of our lives We thank you again for bringing us here together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're embarking on a new journey today. For the next six weeks, our church, our entire church, which includes our children and all of our small group Bible studies, small groups throughout the rest of the week, we're going to be all focusing this morning and asking us this question, this question that you see in front of us. What on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? Why am I alive? Does my life really matter? What is my purpose in life? You heard some responses already this morning on our crop cam. And so right at the beginning, I'm going to throw out a challenge to you. Today, before you leave the service, we're going to give each of you this book. And it's our gift to you. So make sure you take a copy of this book on your way out. This book is entitled, What on Earth Am I Here For? It's a book written by Pastor Rick Warren. He's a pastor at Saddleback Community Church in Southern California. Some of you may have read the book, The Purpose Driven Life. This is sort of an expanded version of that. Once again, written by Pastor Rick Warren. But we're going to be looking at this book and looking at that question, What is the purpose of my life? And so, I'm going to challenge you. There's just three simple challenges. And I'm going to throw it out to you right at the very beginning of the service. And then I'll remind you again at the end of the service. The first challenge is for you to listen to all six weeks of our sermons. Now, you've already started that. How many of you are listening right now? Good. You can check one thing off the box. That was easy, right? But I challenge you to come back next week and the next six weeks. The next week's special because it's, it's, what's next week? It's Easter. So you come back next week, but you don't come by yourself. You bring a friend with you. But every service is going to be very special as we focus on our theme. And you can see some of the, the decorations, the set. You saw some stuff outside as well. We'll explain that to you later on. And we had a great team of people that's helping us to plan our services to plan this whole churchwide campaign. Here's a picture of a, uh, one of our Ohana groups who helped, helped build this beautiful tree here. And so if you want to get involved in helping out in any way in this campaign, you let us know. We'd ha- be happy to have you. But the first challenge is to listen to each of our Sunday sermons. Now, if you can't be here for one reason or the other, you can, you can still listen to our sermons on our podcast. We podcast our sermons every week. You can look in your bulletin. You can see the link that you can find our podcast on. So I don't want you to miss that for the next six weeks. Don't miss the sermon. So listen. That's number one. 
And the second challenge I have for you is read. Read. We're giving you the book. So I'm going to ask you to read a chapter a day. And the chapters are very short. They're only like four or five pages. So it'll only take you about maybe 10 minutes max. And there's about 40 chapters in here, short chapters. And for the next six weeks, if you can commit to reading one section a day, by the end of the 40 days, you'll have completed the book. And I guarantee you, if you read this book every day, your life will be changed. I guarantee you that. So that's the second challenge. First is to listen to the sermon. Second is to read the book. And that should be easy to do because we're giving you a book for free. All right? And then the third thing, the third commitment I want you to make is to join a small group. Our group, small groups meets once a week. We've started some new groups. We have over 20 small groups meeting each week. And you can choose any day of the week that's more, most convenient for you in your neighborhood, on the day of the week, the time of the day. And, but why join a small group? Why are we encouraging you to join a small group? Well, because the majority of all that we're doing in the next six weeks is done in and through our small groups. For you see, it's great to come together on a Sunday like this, but it's in a small group where church really happens. It's in a small group where you can really be who you are, where you can do life together with others in community. It's in a small group where you can dig deeper and really discover your purpose in life with others who are on the same journey that you are on as well. And so in our bulletin, we have a list of all the different groups that are meeting. And uh, so I encourage you, just for this next six weeks, get involved in a small group. And uh, get involved in the campaign. Listen to the sermon. Read the book. Join a small group. And I hope you can do that. Is that something too hard to do? No? Okay. Well, think about it as we continue this morning. Well, let's get into the Word. <clears throat> There's a verse in the Bible. And in fact, Major Debbie referred to it last week in her sermon. It's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You can see it up here on the screen. And it's a verse that you've probably heard many times before. And it's one of the great promises of the Bible. And it says this. It says, we know... We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And usually we stop at that verse right there. But the rest of that verse says, and I want to continue on with that verse, it says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Remember, we're talking about purpose today. Who have been called according to his purpose. So note the word called, and note the word purpose. If you have your Bible, or if you have your Bible on your phone, you can underline it, or you could highlight it. But underline these two words, because calling and purpose go together. And that's what we're going to be looking at in these next six weeks. So if I were to say to you, what do you think of first when I say the word call? Some of you think of your phone. Some of you are on your phone right now, and it's okay, because I know you're taking notes. I always think of my phone, and I have a smartphone. You know why it's smart? Because it's an iPhone. Right, Rick? (laughs) We have this ongoing battle between iPhones and, and Samsung Galaxies. So I don't know which one breaks down more. But you know, when my phone rings, 
or more often it vibrates because I turned the ringer off. You know, I have caller ID. Most of you probably have caller ID on your phone. So I can see who's calling me. And when I don't recognize the caller, I usually just ignore the call. Or I let it go to voicemail. It's probably a salesperson or, or a solicitor or someone trying to take a survey of some sort. But let's say the phone rings one day and you thought it was just an interruption or someone trying to uh, give you a pitch. But someone was calling to tell you that you had just inherited $10 million. You wouldn't want to miss that call, would you? No, not at all. But what if God called you? Yeah, uh uh-oh. What if God called you? When God calls you, don't let it ring and ring and ring. Don't use call waiting. Don't let it go to voicemail. Pick it up on the first ring when God calls you. And the Bible says that you have already been called by God. You say, it says you have been called according to his purpose. If you go a couple of verses down in Romans chapter 8, verse 30, this is what it says, Romans eight thirty. It says, those that God chose, he also called. And those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. Now, there's a, a lot of big theological words. But the word I want to focus on this morning is that word called. The Bible says, you have been called by God. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that God is calling you. This, this word calling is used in the Bible on numerous occasions. And it's talking about your particular assignment in life, your purpose in life, your mission in life, the reason God created you. It's called your calling. It's the reason you exist. It's why God made you. It's the answer to the question, what on earth am I here for? So the question remains, why am I alive? And what am I supposed to do with my life? What's my calling? Well, let me tell you this first. Let me tell you what your calling is not. Let me tell you what it's not. First of all, your calling is not your job. It's not your career. You see, your calling is far, far more significant. Far larger, far more encompassing than your career. You see, you can have a job, you can have many jobs. You can have a career, and you can change careers, and many people change their careers. But what God designed and purposed for you to be and to do, your calling in life, your purpose, that is far more important than a job or than a career. The Bible, the Bible is the story of God calling people. If you read through the Bible, you read those stories. The whole Bible is about this. Remember the Old Testament? God calling Noah. God calling Abraham. And Abraham responding to that call. God calling Moses 
for a distinct purpose, and Moses responding. God calling Daniel. God calling David. And in the New Testament, God was calling Peter and Paul and Mary. If you laugh, that means you're old. Just like me. Any of you remember Peter, Paul, and Mary? All the old guys said, yeah. But you see, God has a call on every person's life. God has a purpose for your life. And he has a distinct purpose for my life as well. So we're going to dig down a little bit deeper into the sense of calling. And and I want to leave with you this morning just three brief principles of your calling. Now there's a lot more, but I only have time to go over three things. Three things about your calling. So if you want to write these down in your notes, feel free to do that. But number one, number one, my calling is a gift from God. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, my calling is a gift from God. <clears throat> turn to your other neighbor and say, my calling is a gift from God. Do you believe that? My calling is a gift from God. I can't earn it. It's a gift. I don't deserve it. I can't work for it. I can't bargain for it. It's just an outright gift of God's grace to me. When he created me, he called me, and it's all by his grace. Galatians 1, verse 6 says this. God, by his grace through Christ, has called you to become his people. Notice the phrase, by his grace. What is grace? We've talked a lot about grace before. Simple definition of grace is, grace is undeserved kindness. Undeserved kindness. We don't deserve it, but God still gives it to us because we need it. Grace is the fact that God Grace is the fact that God knows every silly mistake and every wrong choice you're going to make in your life. But he still chose to create you anyway. He knew all the times you were going to disobey him. And he still chose to create you. That's the grace of God. The fact is, God knows all the things that I've done. Even when I was rebelling against him and and rejecting him, God was saying all along, I love you. I love you. I love you with an everlasting love, and I'm not giving up on you. That's grace. Your calling, your calling is actually a part of your salvation. The calling to Christ is also the calling to your purpose. Look at what 2 Timothy 1.9 says. It says here, it says, He has saved us and called us. They go together. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and what? And grace. His purpose and his grace. So God gives me a calling He gives me a calling in life simply because he wants to give it to me. I don't deserve it. He just gives it to me. And that is amazing grace. Can you say amen to that? And you look at that verse, look at that word purpose in that verse. Because that leads us to the second thing we learn about our calling. First thing we learn that our calling is a gift from God. And the second thing we learn is this. 
I am called for God's purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am called for God's purpose. <clears throat> Turn to your other neighbor and say, I am called for God's purpose. Not mine. Not my purpose. But God's. I'm not called for my plan in life. I'm called for God's plan. God did not make you for you. Think about that one. That may be a shocker for some of us. God did not make you for you. God God didn't create you just to live a selfish little life of self-centeredness, where it's all about me, myself, and I. No. God didn't make you for you. You were made by God, and you were made for God. Let me say that one more time. You were made by God, and you were made for God. And until you can understand that, life is never going to make sense. And you're going to get bored, or you're going to get frustrated. And you're going to have all kinds of difficulty because you don't understand that you were actually made and created for God. You see, I am called for God's purpose. God's calling is about his plan for my life. Not my plan. His dream for my life. Not my dream. His purpose for my life. Not my purpose or my parents' purpose or my boyfriend's purpose or my husband or my wife's purpose. I am called for God's purpose for my life. That's something we need to come to terms with and understand it. So God's calling is a gift to us. I am called for God's purpose. And the third thing I leave with you this morning about our calling. Number three, my calling is connected to others. Turn to your neighbor and say, my calling is connected to others. Say it one more time. My calling is connected to others. My calling, my assignment from God, my purpose, the dreams that God has for my life is connected to other people. You're probably saying, what do you mean by that, Major? You can't fulfill your purpose in life by yourself. It's impossible. You can only do it connected to other people. You see, calling and community go together. They go hand in hand. You cannot be what God wants you to be. You cannot fulfill what God wants you to fulfill. You cannot enjoy your destiny on your own. You have to do it connected to other people. It's, it's like the parts of your body. The parts of your body. They're wonderful things. But they're worthless unless they're connected. Put your hand on your ear. You have an ear, which is an amazing gift of God, isn't it? Your ear can take waves, vibrations through the air, turn them impulses to your brain, and, and your brain hears sounds. But if your ear is disconnected from your body, it's worthless. That ear can't hear anything unless it's connected to the body. Put your hand up. 
The hand has an amazing ability to grasp things, to write, to build, to fix things. But that hand, if it were cut off, it has no use. A hand has no power, has no talent, has no ability, has no purpose without being connected to the body. You have to be connected to the body to fulfill your calling, to fulfill your purpose. And the Bible calls the church the body of Christ, the family of God. But it calls it the body, and we're all members of that body, like a hand or an eye, an ear, a nose, our feet. Everything connected to the body. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 14, verse 7, he said, None of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. You've got to be connected. You've got to be connected. So how do you get connected? Through a church family. That's why we talk so much about, about small groups. Because in that small group, there's, there's a connection there to other parts of the body where you can learn from other people. They can help you in your walk, and you can help them in their walk. You see the importance of connecting. You see the importance of how we need other people. Because we're just different parts of the body, but we need to be connected to the other parts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. We, we are one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called. There's that word called again. So we're all one body, all have the same spirit. We've all been called to the same glorious future hope. And it's only in connection, in community, that I can fulfill my calling and fulfill my purpose. Well, you know, I could go on and on more and more about our calling, but we don't have time for that this morning. If you want to read more in the book, there's a lot more about that in the book. But let me review as we kind of come to a close this morning. Let me review... And I hope that your heart and mind is open this morning. But remember, God has a calling. He has a special purpose for each and every one of us. And hopefully we can discover that. If you're not already sure, if you're not aware, or maybe you've been misguided, hopefully within these next several weeks, as we go through this campaign, you'll begin to see more and more, and maybe your eyes will be open, and the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God And the fellowship of the believers will draw that together and so that you can see more and more of what your purpose in life is. What God's purpose for you is. What your calling in life is. And so, just as a a refresher, remember that our calling is a gift from God. It's a gift of grace. And he extends that gift to every single one of us. None of you are excluded. God says, I have a calling on each of your lives. I have a special purpose for each and every one of you. For every man, woman, boy, and girl. That's why God created us. For his purpose in mind. And remember that we are called for God's purpose. Not our own. But I believe when you find God's purpose for your life, 
you'll find your purpose. That's how it normally works. If you find God's purpose for your life, you'll find your purpose for your life. And then the third thing we learn is that our calling is connected to others. And that's such an important lesson to learn, that I've got to be connected to the body, or it just doesn't work out that way. And so in this next few weeks, we're going to discover more and more about God's purpose for our lives. And so I'll close on this. As, as your pastor, my prayer for each and every one of you this morning and for these next several weeks is found in this verse. You see it up here. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And it says this, My prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God called you. And I'm not the only one praying that prayer. There's many others on our staff, on our team, that are praying for you. They're praying for this campaign. And our prayer, our prayer is that you would understand. You would have a better understanding of the calling of God on your life. For you see, when you understand your purpose, when you understand your calling, it's going to give you, as it says here in this verse, incredible hope. Don't we need that in this day and age? We need hope. We need incredible hope. And so our prayer is that you would understand who you are in God, what your purpose is. And understanding that will give you this incredible, incredible hope. Paul says, when you do this, when you understand God's calling on your life, he says, he finishes the verse, then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all God's people. He's saying that when you know your calling, when you know your purpose, when you understand that, you'll discover some amazing things, some amazing blessings that you've been missing out on because you haven't really discovered what your purpose is. So I'm, so I'm really excited about these next six weeks as we go on this remarkable journey together, both individually and as a church, and as we seek to discover the answers to these questions, what on earth am I here for? What is God's purpose for my life? What is his calling on my life? I'm going to ask ask Matt and the uh, worship team to come up to this stage. And as we end our time this morning, you have in your bulletin, or it's handed out to you, a commitment card. And I want you to take out that commitment card. And I, I mentioned this commitment and this challenge earlier. And that challenge is still out there. And I would challenge you, if you would, see as the card says, to listen to all, all the next six sermons whether in person, the 8 o'clock or the 10 o'clock service or through the podcast. Can you make a commitment to do that? When you get your book today as you leave, can you make a commitment to just spend a few moments every day, just read a chapter every day? I guarantee you it'll open your eyes. It'll bless your heart. It'll inspire your spirit. It will cause you to, to pause and to reflect, to ask, maybe to ask more questions. but read. And the third challenge, will you join a small group? They're starting this week. There are many people that are 
opening their homes to host a group this week. Some of them for the very first time. So they're taking a step out in faith because God has placed it on their heart. So the invitation is there. It's very easy. We've purchased the books. We're putting an investment in you. We're opening our homes. We're extending the invitation. I pray that you would make that commitment. And as the worship team sings this morning, listen to the words and let God the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And perhaps seal that commitment. Seal that commitment. And as they sing, if you'd like to stand as a, as a sign of your commitment, not just to these things on this card, but mostly a commitment to the Lord. To know that He loves you with an everlasting love. That His grace is so amazing. That He loves us so much and cares, us, cares for us so much that He's willing to say, I want you. I'm calling you. I want you to be part of my team. That's why I created you. So as they sing this morning, stand as an act of commitment. Before I close in prayer, my prayer is that each of you would find your purpose, God's purpose. One of God's greatest desires is that every soul would be saved that no one would perish. I would be remiss if I did not give an opportunity for someone this morning to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so without anyone looking around, and if you've never accepted the Lord in your life, and is that something you like to do? Just slip up your hand and look at me. And then I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want everyone to repeat after me. I want everyone to repeat after me this prayer of salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. You know that I am a sinner and I fall far short of your glory. I know that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and for my salvation. I accept him into my heart right now. And I know that my sins are forgiven because I believe in him. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.